Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promoting for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Do you know a student getting ready to go to college? Or are you looking at going back to school yourself? The Woodward Hines Education Foundation and the Get to College program help more Mississippians get to and through college to get certificates and degrees that lead to meaningful employment. They offer free college planning advice, including hands-on FAFSA completion assistance through in-person or virtual appointments. Visit gettocollege.org to learn more. Woodward Hines Education Foundation's Get to College program. Based in South Haven, Jackson, and Ocean Springs, Get to College advisors help students and families plan and pay for college. Learn more at woodwardhines.org. Good morning. It's 8.30 on Friday, April 5th. I'm Karen Brown, and this is Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio. On today's show, several criminal justice reforms are about to become law in Mississippi. We'll hear from a legislator who supported the bill and a legal advocate who has some concerns. Then, with prom season at hand, find out what advice to give your teen drivers to keep them safe on the road. Plus, a coastal tourism group is hoping to use their new branding identity to bring more visitors to Mississippi. We'll hear from them. That's all coming up. This is Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio. Mississippi criminal justice reform advocates say a bill on the governor's desk will help people get back on track after being arrested or serving time in prison. The Criminal Justice Reform Act creates intervention courts to deal with drugs and mental health issues. The court costs can be waived for those who can't afford them. The goal is to provide treatment and reduce the number of people in prison. Republican Representative Jason White of West gives a rundown of what's in the act. He spoke with MPB's Desiree Fraser. None of the reforms that we put in place lessened any sentences. You know, some folks started saying, are y'all being soft on crime? That was not what this was about. This was about helping folks get back on track after they've made a mistake, helping them remain employable. Um, As you know, we're a rural state. If a person doesn't have a driver's license in this state, they probably can't even get to work. And then if they can get to work, if part of their requirements are to drive a vehicle, they don't have that license, they can't do it. So at any rate, And especially if they have convictions on their record, they're already got some strikes against them when it comes to being employed. So on the front end, we renamed our drug courts intervention courts and included mental health um, individuals there as well as veterans, um, folks dealing with PTSD. In other words, there is a group of folks who find themselves coming into contact with the law who really may not be criminals. They've just, they've either gotten off their meds, um, they're having a tough time with their mental condition, whatever's going on, and they just need a little direction with their counselors. They don't really need a jail cell and um, being locked up. We, we reformed that to include mental health courts and the veterans courts in with our drug courts. 
We also waive the requirements of fees if a person is declared indigent. The judge declares them indigent. They can still participate in drug court or mental health court even if they can't pay the fees. Right now, you have to pay the fees to be in drug court. You have to pay that cost, and that keeps a lot of folks out. This will help folks get in even if they can't pay. That's that aspect. We, we dealt with our driver's license in several different ways. We said a simple possession charge of drugs is not enough now to automatically ex- um, lose your license. And now in Mississippi, even if you're not driving a vehicle, if you get a simple possession charge, you lose your license automatically. So we changed that law. It's not an automatic revocation of your license now. We also said failure to pay a fine or fee on time is not an automatic license suspension anymore. Failure to appear in court is not an automatic license suspension. Um, Now, that can still ultimately result, but we're asking courts to actually go after the person to collect a fine or fee and not just suspend their license and smoke them out, so to speak. So that was another aspect. We were trying to keep folks, keep their driver's license, keep them employable. Another major aspect was the expungement aspect of the criminal justice reform. In other words, we looked at our expungement statutes, and several states have done this. So we we didn't reinvent the wheel, but we looked at what they were all doing. And what we came up with was any misdemeanor except a traffic violation can be expunged and come off a record one time. You have one shot at that. A person does. A person can also expunge one felony as long as it is not a crime of violence, uh, abuse of an elderly person, several of the sex crimes, um, as well as embezzlement. Um, So there are some that are still excluded, mainly the violent crimes that you would think of as defined by statute. But other than that, all felonies are expungible. DUIs are not expungible. We looked at that, but the issue is this. We could lose a lot of federal highway money if we don't keep our um, advanced DUI penalties in place. And, and so we had, to, we had to work around that a little bit. There is still a way to non-adjudicate a DUI to begin with, and the court's already dealing with that. Um, and it, and it, the other thing, if you will, is we gave courts the, the option to not require cash bond on misdemeanors. In other words, if a judge can look at an individual and decide that they're going to appear in court. If it's a misdemeanor, the judge has the option to release them on their own recognizance and not require a cash bond. Representative Jason White. Jennifer Riley Collins is executive director of the ACLU of Mississippi. She tells our Desiree Frazier the Criminal Justice Reform Act does some helpful steps or takes some helpful steps, but she says more needs to be done. I'm going to say I agree to an extent with what Representative um, White has said. I do believe that, again, it's a step in the right direction. However, um, I do not believe that it will ultimately reduce uh, the cost on taxpayers because, by and large, this bill deals with back-end issues. So a person has been sentenced and uh, is serving time. Um, It gives people an opportunity when they come out of jail, but it doesn't address those drivers that send um, people to jail and and that causes them to sit there at length. And so I think the taxpayers of Mississippi will still have the burden of um, Mississippi's reliance upon incarceration. So in talking about your concern on the front end, can you explain what you mean by that? If you think about the entire pendulum of justice involvement, so you have pretrial issues 
um, issues before a person has been convicted. Then you have the trial issues and, um, you know, when you're talking about access to indigents and, and uh, indigent representation. And then you're talking back-end issues. So back-end issues are, are issues uh, like expungement, issues um, ar- around reentry, um, issues ar- around um, uh, parole, eligibility. So those are back-end issues. Um, and, and I think to uh, reduce Mississippi's reliance on incarceration, we have to um, focus on some front-end drivers, like uh, we need to look at bail reform. We need to look at um, uh, sentencing. So when you're talking about, you know, are we sending, sentencing people to um, sit in jail uh, for uh, lengthy times for nonviolent crimes. And so, in, again, to reduce Mississippi's prison population, I think we have to not just look at the back end, but also look at the drivers on the front end. Hasn't there been some work on the bail issue because we we're hearing that cities aren't in Mississippi um, who have uh, been charged or in litigation are not requiring bail or they're figuring out ways to figure out um, alternatives or finding out who can pay and who cannot pay. Yes, that's right. That, that, that's an excellent point. And uh, organizations like ours, like Southern Poverty, like MacArthur Justice, are doing these eaches, uh, as, as I refer to them. You know, uh, we've, we've, we've worked with, um, you know, when I say we collectively, uh, these nonprofit organizations are, you know, getting in a in a in a space where, you know, maybe a city makes an adjustment under threat of lawsuit instead of being sued. I think uh, I read something recently where Meridian um, just made some reforms in how uh, it will address bail under threat of litigation. But you know, that's that's piecemealing uh, bail reform around the state of Mississippi. Uh, the Mississippi Supreme Court a couple of years ago uh, released um, uh, its changes to the Mississippi um, Criminal Rules of Procedure, which addressed um, bail because the court, the Supreme Court has already said that um, a person should, um, you know, the presumption should be uh, release on personal recognizance and not lock a person up simply because they are sitting in jail. Uh, studies have shown that we incarcerate in county jails uh, 12,000 people in the state of Mississippi on a daily basis. 56% of those are sitting in jail because they are too poor to pay the bail. The, and the only person that, uh, or only entity that benefits. Um, from a person sitting in jail is the is the bail industry. Moving forward, is there anything else that you think that Mississippi needs to institute to begin to well to continue the progress in terms of criminal justice reform? Most definitely, you know, when we think about um, issues of um, indigency in the state of Mississippi, you know, we we all know the stats are, uh, about poverty in Mississippi. And the reality is that people should be afforded if, you know, they have come in contact with the criminal justice system, they should be afforded a a system of public defense. Mississippi does not have a system of public defense. There are uh, a few counties that have a public defender office like we have here in Hines County. Then you have 
a counties where you have a public defender appointed. And then you have also ad hoc public defenders who may be lawyers with other private practices that stand online to get an appointment from the judge, uh, from the senior circuit court judge in, you know, in the district. And so uh, without a system with adequate resources, uh, Mississippi's criminal justice system is still um, struggling. Uh, And with adequate representation, we ensure that every person is afforded full um, due process under the law. Well, Jennifer Riley Collins with the ACLU, we really appreciate your insight on this important issue. Thank you so much. You're very welcome. Thank you. House Bill 1352 is on Governor Phil Bryant's desk. He has until April 19th to decide whether to sign it into law. Coming up, with prom season at hand, find out what advice to give your teen drivers to keep them safe on the road. This is Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio. Last time on the Gestalt Gardener. Come in here and talk to him, Billy. Wait, wait. What are we doing? Is this pass around the room day? That going for more of a potted plant, hanging basket, hanging off the side of type of thing, rather than planting in a hole type of thing. And in the hole itself, put you some ivy or some impatience, something else. But I wouldn't plant the, the sagging fern in a hole. That sounds good. I'm going to hand you back over to stand. No, no, no. We're going to move on to the next call. Tune into the Gestalt Gardener today, 9 a.m. on MPB Think Radio. This is Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio. I'm Karen Brown. About nine people are killed every day and more than 1,000 are injured in crashes that involve a distracted driver. That's according to the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention. And a recent AAA poll says 21% of teens involved in fatal accidents were using their cell phones. Those are some hard-hitting statistics for parents in the middle of prom season. Captain Johnny Polis is a spokesperson for the Mississippi Highway Patrol. He talks to MPB's Jasmine Ellis about the danger of distracted driving. Well, it's any time when you're behind the wheel uh, and, and you have anything that would divert your attention from the roadway, uh, such as reaching down to pick something up, um, actually texting while driving, are using any type of device, again, that would divert your attention away from the roadway. And what are you seeing in regards to distracted driving in Mississippi? Well, it's a a huge problem, not just in Mississippi, but but nationwide. Uh, I think the the main problem is we've grown accustomed to using uh, cellular devices in in everything we do uh, every single day and how we live our lives, how we communicate with our family, how we do our jobs. But unfortunately, it's causing crashes on the roadways and loss of life. Where are we with distracted driving in Mississippi? Is there a law in place? We do have texting, uh, texting while driving law, um, and it is it is enforced. Uh, we, you know, we try to educate every single day th- throughout throughout the state uh, in the Mississippi Highway Patrol Public Affairs Division. But it takes cooperation of the public uh, to keep in mind. That you can only the human brain is only capable of doing so many things at one time. Uh, texting while driving is not one of them. So again, we we, we have a pretty good education uh, program in place. What can be done to keep people safe in regards to distracted driving? You know, what can be done to prevent it? Well, again, the public makes you know makes a huge difference when they make responsible decisions. What you know, with not texting while driving. Uh, trying to stay focused on the roadway to avoid any type of distraction. It's a huge responsibility uh, whenever it comes to driving an automobile. 
uh, you can you can be an adult, you can be a teenager. The consequences are the same when you make a bad decision behind the wheel. And a lot of times, distracted driving. Uh, plays a role again in a lot of these crashes we're investigating. As you know, it's prom season. What are you seeing regard in regards to distracted driving and teenagers? Well, and we're right in the middle of our prom program right now across the state. Um, and, you know, teenagers, teenagers are very proficient when it comes to texting. But, uh, again, the human brain can only do so many things at one time. And it is not the time to do that behind the wheel. We know teenagers are excited uh, when it comes to prom and they're communicating back and forth with their friends and, you know, about the prom events. But again, it's behind the wheel. uh, When you're driving, it's a huge responsibility. And that's not the time and place to do that when you're operating a vehicle, especially if you have friends in the vehicle with you. That's, that's a huge responsibility. Not only are you responsible for your own safety, you're responsible for everybody that's riding in the car with you. You're responsible for their safety as well. What can teens do to stay safe during prom season? Make good, responsible decisions. Uh, let your parents know uh, what, what your destination is going to be. Uh, let them know what time you, you know that you plan on being home. If you're riding, if you're going to be a passenger, Make sure the driver that you're you're getting in the vehicle with is responsible. You know, we're, we're talking about texting while driving, but there's other things we need to be concerned with, too. Everyone in the car needs to be buckled up, and and we do not we do not want to see uh, teenagers getting behind the wheel impaired. Mississippi ranks pretty high across the country with teenage driving fatalities. And we're hoping we can get through the prom season statewide without losing any teenagers. Captain Paulus, thank you so much. I really appreciate it. That's no problem. Thank you, Jasmine. Coming up, a coastal tourism group is hoping to use their new branding identity to bring more visitors to Mississippi. This is Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio. Normally, I don't recommend eavesdropping, but feel free to join in on my conversations. This week on Conversations, journalist Jerry Mitchell. The Mississippi Sovereignty Commission, I started finding out more about it. It was the state segregation spy agency back during the 60s and 70s. So I found out that all those records were sealed, and so that got my curiosity. It's like 132,000 pages of records. And so when I found that, I was like, there's something in there. Sundays at 5.30 and Thursdays at 10 on MPV Television. This is MPB Think Radio. Mississippi is our mission. This is Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio. I'm Karen Brown. A tourism group is hoping a brand new identity will help promote the Mississippi Gulf Coast. The organization now known as Coastal Mississippi is also launching a new advertising campaign calling its service area the Secret Coast. Milton Segarra is director of Coastal Mississippi. He tells us more about the new tourism effort. We are part of a beautiful state, a state that it has a lot of landscape and different sounds and colors and music and taste. Across the, uh, it's it's amazing. It's it's full of different um, opportunities. But we wanted to single out the type of experience you can 
enjoy if you come and visit us. It's the secret sure. coast. Does that refer to the coast as the best kept secret? Yes. In, in some portion, yes. I mean, the brand is coastal Mississippi. We redefine us, not as the Gulf Coast of Mississippi, but coastal Mississippi. And coastal Mississippi, just to give you an example, when you go to Mexico, I mean, if you want to go to Cancun, you said, I want to go to Cancun. You know it's in Mexico, but you say, I want to go to Cancun. When you want to go to Orlando, you say, I'm going to Orlando. And you don't say, I'm going to go to Orlando, Florida. So we think we have enough assets, attributes, resources to make sure people start defining the experience when they come to the coast, to coastal Mississippi. We are different. We are a very important part of the entire travel and tourism composition in the state of Mississippi. As a matter of fact, one-third of all the business that is conducted in, in the state of Mississippi in travel and hospitality, it's here at the coast. So there is a very important value um, for, for that. And then the studies that we did throughout these 10 months, all of them pointed out that the people didn't know about all that we can offer. In some instances, people, we had cases that they didn't, realized that Mississippi had a coast. So it was a revealing to us. When we brought people here, mostly they said, you know, oh, I didn't know you had all of this. This is like a secret. Didn't so know you had a coast. Did, That's really something. <laughs> didn't know that yeah. Mississippi had a coast. It, it, it is amazing. You, you'll see all sorts of, you know, perceptions or misconceptions and, um, and lack of knowledge of everything we do. And we wanted to make sure people... Um, through the secret, and secret has a very important meaning when somebody listens to, to the market that we're trying to, to, to reach out, the secret, it's an opportunity to go that I want to see. And right now, we have combined Coastal Mississippi as the brand and the campaign is the secret coast, making sure that people understand. And this, the, people is looking right now within the experiential travelers, people that wants to go and experience as a local, as fully in-depth of the, the places they're going, they're looking for excitement, but as well as relaxation. And we, in coastal Mississippi, we offer both. What's different about coastal Mississippi compared to coastal Louisiana, coastal Alabama? Well, number one, we're naming ourselves that way. We have taken that, we registered that, and from now on, that's going to be the official name. As I mentioned to um, any other destination, that they haven't thought about that, and they are just keep calling themselves as many different names that we have, uh, as 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 many different names that they have as destinations. They do, Destin, Florida, for Walton, all of that. We have put all into one name and make sure people, when they come here, they don't visit one place. They come to the to coastal Mississippi and they enjoy the 12 small towns that we have here in in the coast. So that's a big difference. And, um, and, and you know, I, I think those destinations that you have mentioned, they are great and they're beautiful. Every destination has a, something special to offer. But here in coastal Mississippi, in, 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 let's, let's talk about golf. If you go from Alabama to Louisiana through I-10, you're going to be close to 14 or 15 different golf co- courses that is north of I-10 or south of I-10, each and every one of them within 15-minute distance. So for golfers, this is a golf paradise. Not many other states, specifically in the south, can offer that. Um, you can come and you can enjoy a phenomenal coast 
uh, vacation at the beach um, in our resort or our hotels, or you could go and enjoy um, Pascagoula River and everything that nature and adventure, adventure can offer, coupled with the museums and also with the great service that we have and the great food that we serve here. So it's it's a total package that goes between excitement and relaxation, and that's something not many destinations can offer at the level we can. What what has it taken, and how much has it cost to replace Visit Mississippi Gulf Coast with Coastal Mississippi on all of the promotional materials and other materials? We pretty much we had a budget that was established, uh, and what we did is we realign the same budget that we had for the previous two or three years, which is uh, between 1.4 and 1.5 million dollars, and we did realign based on a repositioning. So um, we have an, an increase that budget item. We are looking for opportunities to uh, increase the, uh, the the budget so we can invest more into the marketplace. But right now, it's been um, a steady line item that we haven't changed at the moment. Milton Zagara is the CEO of now Coastal Mississippi, the secret coast. Thank you so much for being with us and and sharing. Stay tuned to MPB Think Radio for a full slate of Mississippi-based programs all morning long. Coming up at 9 o'clock, it's the Gestalt Gardener. Then at 10 o'clock, it's Next Stop Mississippi. And at 11, stay tuned for Southern Remedy for Women. Did you miss part of the show today? Find past episodes of this and other Think Radio programs online by visiting mpbonline.org. You can also download the MPB Public Media app from the Apple or Google Play stores. Or you can subscribe to Mississippi Edition in your favorite podcasting app. I'm Karen Brown. Join us again Monday morning at 8.30 for the next Mississippi edition, only on MPB Think Radio. Support for MPB comes from the Woodward Hines Education Foundation, committed to helping more Mississippians obtain post-secondary credentials, college certificates, and degrees that lead to employment. More information about Woodward Hines Education Foundation at woodwardhines.org.